This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Come on, you bees. You are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the besotted podcast, Billy the Bee Grant and Gary G.P. Paul. What a show we have for you coming up in the next 60 minutes. We're going to be talking about how wide open is this championship now. Brentford, four wins in five. They are feeling like the confidence, the momentum is with them. Maybe that international break coming at the wrong time. We're going to be looking at the game against Wigan because it was a brilliant 3-0 victory. Three goals, three points, clean sheet. You can't ask for much more and so much more to come because the Besotted podcast, obviously a beautiful podcast in its own right, were joined by the delightful Thomas Frank this week. Listen to the pod, absolutely loved it and absolutely superb that they were joined by Thomas Frank and Brentford played their last match before that international break at Wigan. We're going to be hearing from all the fans as well and getting Thomas Frank's post-match thoughts on the game but firstly Billy I believe there are some announcements to be made well there are first of all like I'd like to say is that and we're very happy Besotted have been shortlisted for the Football Supporters Association Awards in the Best Fan Media category as well. Hey, cheers! Yeah, so they should be. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. So this is the, actually the third time we've been nominated. We never win because we're always <laughs> third up, time lucky. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. We're always up against Arsenal and Man United. And, you know all these other big teams. But listen, you know this might be the year of the underdog. We're in the best fan media award because like i said we don't only do uh, blogging and podcasting we do videos as well we do events we do the whole malarkey we're just involved in that been doing it for years so like i said to you we've been nominated for the for the third time so we're nominated this year it's going to be taking place next month in december at the tower of london so off with your heads <laughs> you know and uh, if you want to vote for us which we'd love if you could do go to besotted.com forward slash awards so it's besotted.com forward slash awards 
and uh, fan media category just vote for us there that'd be great thank you very much perfect Billy when does the vote no- is it already open and when does it close it's open now and it votes till the uh, 30th of November if right. I remember right 30th of November I'm, we're going to keep plugging this we're going to keep reminding you until then please get behind the besotted boys got a, got a chance to win this one haven't we this fingers, time. listen fingers crossed there's anything is possible like you said to you <laughs> we're trying to work out what the expected goals is on us actually winning this <laughs> <laughs> expected well, awards yeah th- there's no there's no uh, worries in that one I think I think you've got a good chance here third time lucky three is the magic number as they say and three is the theme of the show because it was three points three goals and a clean sheet I listened to the pod uh, the last one with Thomas Frank Billy you kindly sent it to me this morning you was all fairly uh, off of your predictions but I know you predicted a certain goal from a set piece Billy, which you got in the first one, so you'd be pleased about that one. Eventually, for sure. Yeah. Tell you, sir, I will. I, I am as well, you know. And like I said to you, I mean, we're going to be coming on to the Wigan game in a little bit because the fact is that that game is really important. We've got lots of facts to talk about that game as well. You know, like I said to you, I did talk about the set piece. I think it's probably a bit of a joke, actually, the fact that we didn't actually uh, score that many set pieces. And like I said to you, there's reasons for that, which we'll come on to a little bit later. But we normally before this everyone listens to this show we always like to have a little production meeting before we actually come inside there because we need to get our thoughts together and it's always around the corner at the white heart pub um just on great Suffolk street a wicked little pub they always take very good care of us we sat there in the production meeting and we just thought tell you something the championship two or three weeks ago we weren't even thinking about this because we were in no position to but now that we've got the wins on the bounce we're back in the game and we're thinking, if we're back in the game, we're like, you know, only a few points off the playoffs. We could even look at an automatic promotion. We're thinking, who could we be taking out? GP, what do you reckon? Well, it's an interesting one. Because I remember well, when I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, there, there's a lot of samey level teams in this league. And with all the upheaval we had at the beginning of the season, we, I, I said, we just need to really spend the first half of the season just staying in and around, you know, we might, you know, I don't think we're going to be running away with the league anytime soon, but if we're within like three, four points of the playoffs come January, um, and we might have got there a bit quicker than than I thought we would. Um, obviously, four wins in five is very good. Um, and now we've, and as I say, now we've got other teams, you know, we've got teams like Charlton and Queen's Park Rangers, who if they'd have beaten us the other day would have gone second and now below us. And that just shows you how changeable the league is. Yeah, it's really changeable. In a league that they always say the championship, no one can predict it. Everyone can beat everyone. No one's really taken the championship by the scruff of the neck this year. We're seeing West Brom have defeats. Fulham, you know, they were hotly tipped. Strongest squad on paper, apparently. They find themselves out the playoffs. You mentioned QPR. They now have a sticky patch, as do Cholton. There's no one really emerging in a year when we're looking from the top 10-12. Billy, if we're asking the question, why not Brentford? I mean, why not Brentford? The thing about it is all about consistency for a start. I mean, we've started a little bit slowly, but we're coming into our own. And uh, and it's still relatively early days. I think you have to look at um, the table itself. A lot of people, and I know we talk about stats quite a lot because we <laughs> this is Brentford and this is what we're at. But I think it's good to just see where we are. Um, in relation to where maybe the statty people are, where we are in real time, and also just kind of what we're just doing as players. So, you know, in the real table, you know, we're, we're ninth at the moment now. The statty people actually put us in that second on our XG. So if basically, if we'd scored all the chances we should be, we'd be in second place with 30 points. At the moment now, we're actually, you know, we're actually ninth place with, uh, with 24 points. So, you know, we've got a way to go, but we're on the up there. 
the interesting thing I think that is that if you look at the table where the statty people are looking at where we're at at the moment now, the teams who they still relate to or, or um, um, respect say are doing all right, people like Preston. Preston are all up there and everyone says, oh, yeah, they're going to blow a gasket. But the fact is that even the statty people say Preston actually, as according to us, you know, they should be in third place. So it's third place, second place, they're still doing all right. So I think Preston are going to be there um there or thereabouts because every chance they seem to get they're taking it so so unless they actually you know get a number of injuries or they stop scoring goals Preston are there or thereabouts you've got also West Bromwich Albion okay they're at top of the table maybe they should be two or three places back but still they're there or thereabouts and Leeds United of course Leeds United if they took all their chances they should be you know they reckon they should be on 43 points you know uh, 13 points ahead of everyone else so Leeds United are the one team that aren't quite performing according they should do but they're still there or thereabouts it's the teams like Swansea Nottingham Forest and Bristol City where the question marks are you know according to the static people Bristol City should be 23rd not 6th now that's quite interesting because it means that basically they're either being very lucky or they've got some brilliant strikers who are just scoring every single chance that they've got but they're not creating all the chances so the question is Bristol City and Nottingham Forest are quite similar can they keep this up can they continue scoring every single chance they've got you know all the luck that comes their way is that going to happen all the time or sort of 16, 17, 18, 19 games in is it going to fall off and this is maybe where we as Brentford could dip in well, Gary, what do you choose to believe? Billy says there, do you watch it in real time, the stats? Which one do you closely look at and say, I'm going to pay more uh, attention to this one. This is the one I truly believe. Oh, yeah. Obviously, I, the league table doesn't lie, but uh, Billy's made some great I, points I, there. Yeah, I mean, I'm one of these people that tend, I do tend to, I, yeah, I tend to use the stats as in, okay, we're in eighth. The stats say we should be in second. What do we change? You know, so a lot of the time I see the stats telling me that, okay, we're not benefiting from something where we're doing well but there's obviously some kind of disconnect between you know our wingers doing well maybe the crosses aren't so good maybe they are beating people or vice versa um i mean i'm looking at this and one of the things that really does stand out to me just looking at the table this morning was um the fact that of our seven games five wins was it five wins away from home mm considering we went about three ice ages without a win last year yeah well I, I listened to <laughs> away that, from home I listened to that brilliant uh, last podcast you've done with Thomas Frank and he said one of the things he wanted to fix was that away form that away form is certainly going well this year let's look at the matches between September and October then because uh, besotted fan predictions averaged between 10 and 12 points whereas Brentford amassed a total of 5 points let's talk about the predictions you lot made for those 5 games let's put you lot on the hot speed uh, Billy what were the predictions okay so after the okay like I said the first international <laughs> break we were gung-ho like we were like yeah 12 wrong points 11 points and we got it completely wrong we only got 5 points we were proper down in the dumps if everyone remembers rightly so what we did is we pulled it back so there was Ali Malali was on there I think she predicted 6 GP you, you were quite high you predicted was it no I predicted 7 I well, think I'm saying you were high contemporary, yeah. relatively I think I predicted 7 as well I think Laney might have even gone for a 5 or maybe a 6 as well uh, but Brentford actually got 12 points in the last international window so it shows how out we were and probably how down we were after the last international window but as i said i did say to you that um because i remember you asked me what do you think thomas frank would be looking at and, and that's I, it and that's interesting and I, and, and I said 15 and that's what he's he should say it's true <laughs> as well but to be fair he's a bit of a crystal baller thomas frank because we actually got him on the podcast and we got him to say his prediction, not for the full international, because it's the end of the international window. We couldn't get him to do that, but we got him to get a prediction 
for the Wigan game. And I was a bit nervous about this because I thought if he gets this wrong or if, he, if he's out too much, he's going to get absolutely torn to pieces. But to be fair, Thomas Frank actually uh, gave his prediction, didn't he? Uh, I think what you've seen this season, even though we lost at uh, Preston, it was like a, a totally even game. We just talked about the shots. That this is going to be a, a, a totally even game. And I fancy us going up and up and win. And if you want a score prediction... Ooh. Mm, I would love so much uh, a clean sheet. So let's say 2-0 uh, to the Bees. Well, he wasn't far off 2-0 to the Bees. It was 3-0 either way. Three points in the bag. Uh, Thomas Frank, very close prediction there. Let's go back to Saturday and we'll listen to what the fans had to say after that Wigan match. The Bees come away worthy 3-0 winners. The first half, we attacked and felt every time we in the ascendancy, we, we, we could open them up at any opportunity. Valencia in for the injured Ben Rama had a great game, full of, full of pace and confidence, and Fred Watkins, who led the line well. Defensively, felt we looked really solid throughout, and our goalkeeper, Ray, I didn't have to make a save of any note all game. So, second half, we, we came maybe a bit scrappy, but with injuries to Valencia and Mbumo, Zembrerek came off the bench, and really added the pace and determination, which pushed us higher up the field and added that steal and, and was involved with two of the wonder strikes from Makita and De Silva, which gave the Bees their first win at Wigan since 2001 and even the sending off of Janvier couldn't take the shine of our super performance. You Bees. So, another free goal haul for the Bees away. And it's the fourth away game in a row we won and we got three goals absolutely uh, after Swansea at QPR and one before that I think uh, anyway, we, we, we're brilliant away from home home record needs to sort of sharpen up sharpen up because uh, otherwise we're in playoff spots no. do you think Wigan were the strongest team we've seen this season or not definitely not no uh, pretty poor and although they Occasionally, we gave them the ball away to them. They didn't really look like doing anything with it. You know what I mean? Come on, you bees. Indeed. Thank you. Well, Brentford started the game really, really strongly. First couple of minutes, high tempo, got the early goal, good corner. Norsgaard, criminal that he didn't put the header in. Keeper parried it, got it back. Wembo, bang, 1-0. Dominated the rest of the first half. Wigan really didn't offer much at all. Second half, they came at us a little bit more. We backed down a little bit. They got a little bit uh, further up the pitch, put a higher pressure on. And then um, we got the second goal, which really changed the match. And then the red card was just uh, the final writing on the wall for them. Man of the matches for me, I think Rico had a cracking game. And um, other than that, I think when... Valencia went off. It really changed the dynamics. Zamburic wasn't the same type of player. We got the third goal, cracking goal by Josh De Silva. And in the end, a very comfortable professional away win. So onwards and upwards, two points off the playoffs. Love sports. You're listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Besotted Podcast, Billy the B Grant and Gary GP Paul. There has been so much to talk about. 
I feel like there's so much more to talk about, but now we're going to talk about the game on the weekend with Wigan. Billy, is that right? Yeah, that's right. And tell you something, just going back to listen to what the fans had to say, what made me laugh as well, I think the middle clip was, I think it was Bendy B as well, and Bendy B was sitting down there going, oh yeah, you know, we're doing brilliantly away from home, but you know, not so good at home, and if we, if we, if we just carry on like that, we're home, we, we're just going to be in the playoffs. And I was thinking, <laughs> but, but that's that's quite good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but no. it's almost like the expectations have already gone up already. Like you know what I'm saying, it's like playing like this. We need to be top two, which is a great situation to be in. But for me, I think we we, we got to be careful because you don't want to sort of kind of uh, have too much disappointment if things don't quite go right. Because you know you get a little injury or a little bad run, and anything can go wrong. But anyway, it is like positive. But I mean, there's load of talking points from that game. Um, three points. Um, three away goals in three consecutive matches. So the question is, Gary, away day hoodoo. Last season, we couldn't win an away game for money. And now we're like not only winning them, but winning 3-0. Is that hoodoo? Is it all over? Yeah, I think, again, I think it is um, over. And it's interesting. Um, so I remember last week when we talked to the, to, was it a couple of weeks ago, we talked to the Huddersfield fan. Um, was it a Huddersfield fan that said... Um, he finds that Brentford are probably better as a counter-attacking team, which might say, he might be right because you know it might open up spaces for lots of Mbumo and um, and um, whoever is on the left, who's on the left normally. Uh, well, it'd be Ben Rama, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, Ben Rama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I thought sorry. Ben Rama. I thought yeah. he didn't play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so that fan might have been right that teams are more likely if they're at home to come at us which will give us a bit more space to play around them maybe at griffin park where we might have a huddersfield style where they're just really gonna be very tight and press us hard and it's not as you know why where we can't be as wide of an expansive as we might like to be um and that might maybe why we're picking up more points away from home than we are at home at the moment I mean, there's an argument, you know, and that's right as well. But I think the argument also is the fact that, and, and Charlie mentioned it a little bit earlier, is the fact that defensively, we are a lot better. We're just a better defensive side than we were last season. I mean, we question mark it because we keep on letting in these silly little goals. Um, and so you sort of think, mm, oh, we're, we're not probably better, massively better defensively. But then when you look again at the figures of the stats and, you know, I was, I was looking at um, Experimental 361, um, he, great, you know, produces some great stuff there. And he looked at us, our defensive effectiveness, like, you know, and there's a little chart that he's put out there. And there's four different areas. Again, we should put this up on our website if we can do just for people to see, you know, there's four different areas, formidable, competent, but busy, avoiding this issue and pushovers as far as your defences and we are pretty much the second best defensive team behind Leeds United. So Leeds United are formidable. You know, they get sort of 17, 17, shots, um, 17 shots per goal, you know, that they get in, you know, conceded, you know, and we get sort of 11 um, shots per goal or something like that. So, you know, we're, 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 we're very good at defending and I think that is very much helping us in our away game. Strong foundations, obviously, if you can defend better. Last year, couldn't buy the away win, Billy was saying then, but now it's been incredible form since that turning international break. Four wins out of five. Thomas Frank said, obviously, we need to be converting our chances better. Five shots in the Wigan game, uh, five shots on target, three goals, 
you can't really argue with that stat, are you, Billy? You, the chances you're getting, you're taking. Well, this is, again, it's interesting because you're coming back to a lot of stuff that we're talking about because we'd be crying because, like, some matches we'd go and we'd have 20, 25 chances. Again, okay, cause all those chances won't be great chances. All those chances, you know, out of those, we might have, you know, 12 or 14 great chances and we wouldn't score or we'd score one or two of them. But now what's that? And we moan because what we'll do is that we'll see these other teams have got a lot less chances, um, a lot less better chances, but they've put them in the back of the net. Now, what's happened is that um, we're getting less chances, but we seem to be putting them away, which means that we are um, being more formidable. Now, the question I'm going to ask is that is this because, you know, I mean, the players have taken a bit of time to kind of get up to speed. But is it because these players are, inverted commas, better players than we had before? Because all of a sudden, I mean, Malpe, OK, he was great. After a year, he started converted chances. You know what I'm saying? But are we saying that we've actually bought more players who know how to put the ball in the back of the net? Muemo, when he gets the ball, you know, even De Silva, when they get the ball, they actually know how to put the ball in the back of the net. Or is it the fact that luck is going our way? I mean, I, I can't answer these questions, but whatever it is, is it's lovely to know the fact that we're not the top of this kind of xg type table or whatever like that however what we are just doing is that we're just every chance that we're getting at the moment we're putting it away yeah well certainly talking of better players as well let's talk about josh de silva because then fresh after winning a goal of the month for october with that fantastic strike against bristol city another goal at the top draw on saturday wasn't it gary yep josh postage stamp (laughs) <laughs> well, I think it should be the nickname because that's where the ball seems to go whenever yeah, he takes the shot. That's what they said on Bees Bulletin as well. Posted Sam seems to be the topic. Uh, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he's been great. And to be honest, um, obviously we were bumbling around um, a couple of games ago. He's, no pun intended. Yeah, he's yeah. he's really looking at like a... Re- um, he, he has really come on and in the last couple of weeks. He takes... I like him. He takes charge... Of it, and a lot of people will compare him to, say, McEachern. He's much more of a going forward, and much more of a presence than McEachern was. And some people may see that as a, as a difference as to why we're now, as you said, starting to score more goals. And it's interesting. I mean, and again, if you listen to the, this Thomas Frank podcast that we've done, which you know we're very proud of, and it's and even if you're not a Brentford fan, have a listen to it because listening to a bunch of football fans in the pub <laughs> who've taken the gaffer down the pub to talk about football and he's really cool you need to listen about it and listen we pulled no punches we asked some pretty hardcore questions as well and he answered them as well but he talked about Josh um, um, De Silva and uh, because when I met him about a year ago he talked about Josh De Silva and I said you know we were like desperate to get players in the side because we were losing all the time so we thought let's just put some B team players and players that aren't in the first team in because maybe it might freshen it up a bit and I said yeah Josh De Silva and he's like basically he sort of kind of said to me well he's still got some development to do. And we're going, yeah, but he's brilliant. He's like, no, 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 because as far as he's concerned, he didn't feel that his com- game was complete. Mm. And he believes that not only do you have to have attacking skills, but you have to be very much a defensive player as well. You need to work that. And if he can't see that, he's really hardcore about you not being a hundred percent part of his player so you know we asked him about that a year later about josh he says he's developed so much now and it's like he goes this is what it's all about the development of the players you can't sometimes just throw players in and expect them to deliver sometimes it takes them a while to deliver yeah uh, certainly and i, I want to because that pod was absolutely brilliant please do check it out if you can uh, uh, the besotted guys talking with thomas frank absolutely incredible but billy i want to talk about something that you mentioned on the pod brentford i know i mentioned it earlier scoring from a set piece happened on the weekend <laughs> 
you're smiling now finally maybe uh, written in the stars because you mentioned it i had a little chuckle to myself how pleased were you with that one although it wasn't straight from the corner it took a little while there was a little yeah. bit going on in the box but it got there it the the set piece was the instigator for the goal <laughs> so i think that will uh that will do the business but also the see the funny thing about it is that because you know we thought you know um a lot of people might know back in the day, you know, in the Warburton era, as you might, you know, may or may not know, um, the, the, Matthew Ben and the owner wanted to bring in certain elements into the club because he felt that we were sort of not so good at. So, say for example, he wanted to bring in a set piece coach, but these were all, all these things were knocked back because they just thought, now nah, this is not part of football. It's not part of football. So we had to wait till the new set of um, uh, uh, managers and all that lot came in before we actually put this into place. And it took a few years, and we put set piece coaching. We had all sorts of ridiculous set pieces, like the, the Christmas tree one remember yes. and and all sorts of nonsense things that were happening where people were really ma- making fun of us because we were doing some some different set pieces but to be fair we were we were not bad at set pieces at then then all of a sudden recently things sort of seem to fall away and this season we've been terrible at set pieces so we were like discussing it in the besotted podcast saying god we're so terrible we thought let's ask thomas so he decided why are we so terrible at set pieces he said that's because we've got no set piece coach. You know, he the other one just sort of left, <laughs> and we're like, That'll do it. Oh, "Okay, fair enough." And he goes, "But the new one started." And he goes, "When?" He goes, uh, "Today." And we're like, "Oh, great!" So uh, that means our set piece is going to be brilliant on Saturday. He goes, uh, "Yeah, they're going to be great." You know, and we were laughing at him, but boom, we scored a set piece. So, we certainly did. Yeah, it played dividends there. We're going to be hearing a few clips from that uh, podcast interview that they had with Thomas Frank. But first, let's hear what he had to say uh, post Wigan match. Very, very happy. Um, I think you can you can see that we have a consistency in the in the team now because good teams they bounce back on a defeat on a or on a. I'm not saying it was not a bad performance against Huddersfield. It was you know average, okay, and not bang up there. Uh, but today, today again, um, a very strong away performance. Um, I must say the way we attacked um, the away. The away games this year, it's been you know, a completely different mindset. We worked very hard on that. And I actually think we started the first game in, in Middlesbrough and we just kept this uh, going. Um, we had three things we, we focused on today. Or in general, there's you know, kind of values, principles. One is attitude. Uh, it's a big, big, big. So we go here, we are, we are humble, we respect the opponent, but we come with confidence. Second thing is hard work. Uh, we need to work, uh, always try to work harder than the opponents uh, and especially you can see the high pressure keep pressing forward keep going and the last thing is togetherness we can only do it together staff players fans we can only do it together so those three key areas was was bang on today and that's the next thing we take an each first second uh, but the thing i think we gave zero chances away zero chances that is the rare that is the the back four but that's the whole team that need to love to defend together and uh, i'm very very pleased with that i think we we need the international break right now of course we like to keep the rhythm uh, but i must say that it's even more impressed uh, um, what we're doing in, in in terms of thinking of uh, our injuries so as i eat hopefully a minor one is ready for for the rating hopefully uh, two longer term term ones to, to Sergio and uh, Nikos Karelis and now we don't know with uh, Joel Valencia but that could be also weeks maybe more so we are struggling with defensive player positions but um, the ones who are here they are, they are doing everything they can to perform and they did well um, Julian has got a red card today and um, yeah he needs to learn from the, those situations so, so it can't happen again uh, but we know we have strong uh, strong players on, uh, on the bench who is ready to step in I think um, um, if anybody has said to us or to anybody 
not to us because we believed in it. To, to anybody uh, else that we could take four wins in five and think, ah, maybe, yeah. But I think now everybody can see that we are a strong side. But it, it's down to us. We, we can't look at anybody else. It's down to us to keep continuing, keep pushing, keep improving. Love sports. You are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the besotted podcast, Billy the B Grant and Gary GP Paul. Well, we were just talking about that brilliant victory against Wigan. 3-0, three points. Thank you very much. And we just heard from B's manager, Thomas Frank, there. And one of the things I picked up on, Billy, he said there was three keys to success uh, in this victory. One, they're humble, they respect the opponent, and they uh, enter the game with confidence hard work and the one I like the most togetherness we can only achieve these goals if we do it together yeah I like that as well I I mean I picked up on that and I thought this is actually I think this is very important and I think maybe this is the thing that is 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 moving us forward because uh, I think we like seven with the togetherness thing if you're a new team you know it's early days so you haven't got that togetherness you you try to get that togetherness but you get that over time you can't buy that you see so after two three months you probably get it after a year you definitely get it that's the reason probably why like say for example Brentford when they got promoted from division one and then they went boom straight through to the playoffs the next season they had a togetherness as well kept the core of the team together and added a few extras you know Um, the same things happened with Charlton this season same team that's come up you know Um, some people will say oh you know Charlton they're not really you know cool we didn't believe that they'll be up there but the fact is that a lot of the stuff is uh, is the togetherness that they've got so you can't actually you know you can't buy that stuff so i think that's very important hard work as well i think is really good and i think um trying to get a work ethic from the players again a lot of the stuff that he was talking to us about like i said to you a year ago trying to get them to work harder it's not necessarily about you just scoring a goal or going down the wing and crossing it in there it's actually working for your team tracking back doing all the other things as well so i think it's it's obviously taken them a while to try and get them to understand these things we've got players from france and you know spain and all over the place coming in doing this stuff i think that's really good so i think that um he's almost like very pleased to see that his plan that he had is coming to place because the one thing I think about Thomas and learning that from chatting to him before and chatting to him again now, he's properly focused. He's almost like he's got this plan and he wants to see it into place. He's and I think the plan isn't getting in place now and he's very happy. Yeah, no, he is very happy. And again, I can only echo what he said there together. So I know that although he did comment, um, in the um, in the podcast, he did make the comment about, um, the togetherness in the Millwall game and the fact that, you know, there was obviously, you know, once Rye got injured, players went in to protect him and there's that kind of mm. togetherness and he was happy to see it. Maybe not to see Jean Vier get sent off seven minutes in the injury time. <laughs> so maybe take a little bit too yeah. far. But Yeah, we, um, did, we didn't really mention the fisty cuffs at the end. There was there was a couple of, you know, yes, goings on. There, there was, but maybe you could say that is all the t- togetherness as well, where yeah, people exactly. are saying, like, you know, we're, we're all yeah. sticking up for each other, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's it was, it. Uh, I think it's the old, um, yeah, sorry, um, um, Jean Vier, do you want to borrow my gum shield? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly was. Gary, we're mentioning about the players buying in, you know, it takes a little bit of time, this togetherness, not just this run, but are we seeing evidence now the players are really buying into the manager you know his philosophy style and, and we're seeing them this work ethic and together that's the thing players look different and um, I commented on this uh, really at the beginning of this run someone like Mbumo who played like the first game of the season and against Birmingham and it didn't quite come off him and there were a couple of games where it didn't quite come off him all of a sudden he's now starting to score goals and 
you know, he's, he's starting to find back in the net. He's start, starting to beat people. When these players come in, and this was, I know that me and um, Laney spoke, one of our concerns was obviously changing so many people um, at the same, and, you know, in a churn. That's how you deal with it. At the moment, it looks like we're, we've dealt with it a lot quicker than we have done in previous seasons. So hopefully we are, we can now kick on from, you know, kick on with the four, you know, the four wins in five we've had and tr- just try and maintain this for the rest of the season. Yeah, hopefully, because it's been a good run of form since the international break. Now that international break comes again, can Brentford sustain that? Well, we just heard from the manager, uh, Thomas Frank, after the Wigan game. You can hear from him also elsewhere because the Besotted podcast, they did an interview. They met Thomas Frank in the Red Lion in Barnes Pub last week. It's a two-part podcast. The first part is out now at the Pride of West London. The second part, uh, Billy, is out this Wednesday. It is out this Wednesday as well and uh, it's funny because you record it as you know then you put it away for a little bit because you're doing other bits and pieces and I actually only listened back to it a couple of days ago and it did make me smile and chuckle on a few little bits and pieces in there because he talked about you know just talked about it was it's quite relaxed because the part of the second part the first part we were talking about the Huddersfield and the uh, the Wigan game so we were very focused on, on, on those two matches, um, sort of analysing why we'd lost against Huddersfield, looking towards Wigan as to what we can do better for that. And he was telling us about how they um, ha- how they do, you know, sort of like the, the analysis. So as they're going for the Wigan game, what they might do watching the videos and how they prepare the team for matches like that. And also how they debrief the team after the Huddersfield game. So it's all very interesting, but very match focused. Whereas we tried to kind of get him uh, to answer just more questions about more sort of general stuff and, uh, and stuff around the football club as well in in the second half so it's quite interesting so there's a few bits that did that did make me smile and we talked about you know bt players coming through we talked about oh god what else did we talk we talked about quite a lot of stuff as well actually um um but he's he was he, you know he talked about you know managers we talked about the sack race and uh you know he, he in fact it's interesting because obviously in the first part we talked about um the fans singing you're getting sacked in the morning because uh at the millwall game you know, we were 2-0 down with mm. six minutes to go. And uh, he was under a bit of pressure, even though he said that he didn't feel he was under pressure because he, he doesn't read social media. He doesn't read on, online stuff. So he didn't feel he was under pressure. But um, there was a lot of kind of, you know, a bit of bad blood flying around about Thomas Frank at the time. Because, you know, football fans, you know, if they're not getting the right results, they don't understand what's going on. They say we need change. So there was a bit of, well, there's quite a lot of Thomas Frank out stuff going on. And we, we asked him directly about that and he 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 went mm, that's quite interesting but then he he brought that back in the second half and then he flipped it into sort of we talked about Daniel Stendhal and, and about managers getting sacked and that was really interesting yeah he talking he talks about Daniel Stendhal I can't wait to hear about that but it's very interesting talking about managers and that sack race who's on the hot seat Barnsley obviously they were promoted to the championship from League One a terrific home form for them hasn't worked out for Daniel Stendhal, uh, Daniel Stendhal and here's what he had to say about it If we did like Barnsley did, I think Stendhal did a top job. I think Klopp did a top job. Then they're getting promoted. And then they're getting promoted and they're selling their four best players. And they're selling their four best players and they're getting absolutely, sorry, bad players in. So if it was that way, then I maybe would have been, hmm, this is not fair. But this way we're doing it, I think it's completely well thought through and a top strategy. 
really interesting when we're talking about managers the sack race Gary you made a comment there I know it's this is the Brentford fans you're talking about Arsenal and their manager on a sack race they don't have a win in for just to hear Thomas Frank talk about Stendhal there who I think done a tremendous job Stendhal now he's obviously lost his job and while we didn't look they said he walked away there was things there much more going on behind the scenes but it's incredible because he was doing a fantastic job how much does this play on managers mind they're watching other teams and managers I know they focus there on their own team but Billy this he, he was right he did do a tremendous job didn't he I mean, Stendhal did uh, listen if I, I speak to like I said as people know I speak to fans from every single club mm. all the time and all my Barnsley chums as we call them they love Stendhal I mean they went down the pub with him and they, they, they gave him shots <laughs> after he after he sacked sorry left the club you know but they loved him because what they felt that he did is that he came at a time that they were on a bit of a struggle he turned them around he got some players in got them to play some great football got them promoted and then we got to the next division and then um, he got well. We did, didn't get the results they wanted because they sold uh, four of their best players, right? So they bought some other players in, and the players that they bought in, uh, as Thomas Frank has said. I mean, Thomas Frank's a, he's a head coach, and he said the players they bought in were not nearly as good as the players that they got rid of. You know, one of them is Ethan Pinnock, who's one of the players that we've got in. You know, so he basically said they were just rubbish. The players they've got in, and all of a sudden it's like the head coach's head is on the line. Now the difficulty that's, that that Stendhal has is that um, I believe, and I wouldn't know, but but hearing about it. Stendhal's a head coach it sounds like somebody else must have been doing the buying there so it's kind of like basically you've got a situation where he's gone to the head coach somebody's just given him a load of players it hasn't quite worked out they've sold a load of his players you know got rid of a load of his players and he's like oh no right this is really bad but he, he can't do anything about it now I think that when you're in a this is a difficult because I know a lot of clubs go for the head coach director of football type scenario that only really works if all the parts are working if parts aren't working like years a couple of years ago Fulham their director of football just the situation just was not happening at all it was rubbish you know so you know um you got Jukanovic, who was just really not happy at all because he was just basically being given all these players that it just wasn't working for him at all. So you need to have the parts working at Barnsley. It's obviously isn't working. And also the other thing is that the thing to know, the politics behind it as well, Barnsley were bought out by a Far East uh, consortium uh, a few years ago. The, the consortium were actually the one that actually were looking at Brentford at one time and they wanted to have a little look at us, but we were too expensive. So they went to Barnsley because it was a lot cheaper. They've gone inside there. They got relegated straight away. They've gone straight back up again. They're really, really, really happy. But obviously now they're in the championship. They're thinking, right, we need to push for Premier League. So, so just sort of Stendhal, you're not good enough. Bang, get rid of you. We're going to get in, you know, probably Tony Pulis or something. I don't, I don't know who they're going to get in. But that I think that's the scenario there. So... But the interesting point with Thomas Frank is what he said was that when we asked him, were you, were you ever nervous about losing your job? And he went, no. And we said, doesn't that make you complacent? He went, no. You know, and, and that's, that's, where he, that's where he's coming from because at Brentford, it's not about results necessarily. It's about you doing the right thing. And if he's working with the players in the right way, they're, they're, they're doing the right type of training, putting the ball in the right type of area, they believe that eventually the goals will come. I think one of the key things that we have liked to have, at and that what I see, is the continuity. When Thomas took over, um, I think a lot, a lot of the comments were, well, you know, he knows the players. He's been here for a couple of years. Um, you know, we've developed Thomas as, you know, as well as he's come into our club. Mm. So he was almost re- ready, set to go into that position. Barnes have ended up in a position where, okay, they want to do something different. What's their continuity? They, you know, they literally just picked up, you know, this next guy. We'll just go and sit in there, you know. Is it going to be the right, you know, is it going to be the right thing for them? Probably not. 
I, I mean, I wouldn't have thought so. I, you can, especially in football, because it's so easy to sack a manager stroke head coach whenever results go. It's just easy to do, and it's a lot easier than getting rid of players. And also, I mean, we talk about the Arsenal because also we talk about the Arsenal where he's four days in, four games in, and his, his game is, is under threat. And I'm going to ask you as well, John, I mean, do you think, because there's a view here that's saying that with football, football's too knee-jerky sometimes. They always want to get results immediately. I mean, with us, you know, we've had managers, that have, you know, Thomas Frank with, I mean, 10 games, I think it was, without, he lost nearly every single one. And every, everyone was saying, you know, not be funny, any other team you'd have been sacked for that. But Brentford like, no, you're doing great. You're doing fine. You know? and, pe- and it's like really confusing for a lot of people. Do you think, you know, look at what's happening at Arsenal now. Do you think that there's two knee-jerky things going on? Because if somebody's a good manager, sometimes you either go for a spell or you need to bring your players around. And sometimes it takes a bit more time. But that's the thing. In the past, what used to happen is you go on a bad run. People would sit there and tell the manager you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you need to change it this way, you need to change it that way. Next year, do it this way. Nowadays, it's just no sack. Five, eight games, without ten games without win sack. That's yeah. just the way that, you know, that's just the way football is today. I completely agree with you, Gary. And to answer to your question, Billy, I'm, I'm very anti the knee-jerk reaction now. It's hard to get away from it. We live in a, an age of society where social media, you know, fans are on, the, on Twitter straight after the game. He needs to go. We need instant results. We know football and sport in general is a results-based business. But I, I believe in giving managers time. And, and, and the big worry for me, and it was really interesting to hear you speak then, now managers get the title, as Unai Emery does at Arsenal. I know we are talking about Brentford as head coach. He hasn't brought these players in. Now, if you're if you're not b- being allowed to get the players that you want, someone else is buying your own players, well, you need to give him time because these weren't the players that he wanted anyway. Mm. So, And also, if, if you've got a manager that will allow you to buy the players for them, then they want that manager to stay. We want you to stay because we can do all the work behind the scenes. Very, very difficult. And Gary, you know, I had to chuckle to myself. You mentioned you almost, you couldn't believe it. You said, oh, mm. Arsenal, how can they question him? No <laughs> wins in four, you know, <laughs> that's nothing. Yeah. You know, it, it's laughable. Now we've got to a point where the three of us now are having a conversation where it's four games games your job is on the line and, and good on Thomas Frank for saying no I don't feel pressure you know because that, that's an outside noise but it's very interesting how much does that noise you know seep in into the team does it seep into the players they're all on social media they know what the fans want but when you are rebuilding and you're starting new and you're building the foundations buy into the project we can't have a togetherness we can't have a work ethic if after 10 games you're not buying into it it's very interesting Mm. the Barnsley one as well because you know they mentioned the players they did get in Billy were rubbish or not good let's be fair to the players and another audio clip because we're giving you a sneak peek here because there is a part two with Thomas Frank he spoke about the players and some of the players that maybe Brentford let go didn't he it did talk about some of the players that they let go and uh and and it's interesting as well um we we sort of pride ourselves in the fact that we look we, we know that we make mistakes sometimes and we put our hands up as we make mistakes sometimes um and and back in the day we you know as we were trying transforming you know, we, we 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 bought some players in that maybe weren't quite right for Brentford. But, you know, that's part of the transformation. You learn and then you move on. You know, I think what's happened is that more recently, I think they pride themselves on the fact that they've probably made a lot less mistakes than they have done. And in fact, what's happened is they've been very successful. If you look at the last two transfer windows, we've sold players for 60 million. Even, that, you know, as fans, we don't necessarily want to sell any of the players. But that's what the club's done. But they've bought in 30 million pounds worth of players, which you'll probably move on at some stage. Um, but it was interesting because, we, uh, again, in this... Uh, latest podcast are the um, Thomas Frank podcast from Pride of West dot London as you're going to check it out on Wednesday 
Well, we talked about a couple of players that we had, and one of them was a, a defender that we had who is high ranking in the Premier League as now. He's like he's got high ranks for, and again, you have to listen to the podcast. I think it's like headers, it's for tackles, it's for assists, or whatever it may be. He's got he's he's like in the top five for all these areas, and it's it's John Egan who, uh, when he left and 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 to Brentford because Brentford decided, listen, John, you know. You and us are going to part because we decide that we want to get in particular different other players. He went to Sheffield United. Sheffield United sold him. We're going to, we're going to go up this season. We're all thinking, yeah, right, Sheffield United are going to go up. Yeah, right. All of a sudden, he goes to Sheffield United. Sheffield United go up. Of course, at their leaving dinner, when uh, he got on the microphone, he went, uh, Brentford reject, you know, and he tweeted that out. So uh, he kind of sort of rubbed it home that he knew that um, Brentford didn't want him. So we asked a question as to whether Thomas Frank and Brentford had made a mistake selling John Egan. I can't talk about um, uh, O'Connell uh, because it was before my time. John uh, Egan, uh, I know very well, and I think he is a, another player we should be very proud of. Uh, we be definitely we were part of his development, uh, and there's a reason why he went to to another club. I think it was the right thing for e, uh, for John Egan to to move to Sheffield United um, that moment in time, and the way they play. I think it suits him absolutely perfect to play in the middle of a back three. Love sports. You are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Besotted Podcast, Billy the B Grant and Gary G People. We were just hearing sneak peeks from Thomas Frank in that brilliant podcast that the Besotted guys done. That second part is out on Wednesday, so make sure you catch it up there. And let's just quickly summarise on what he was saying, Billy, talking about the players, talking about the managers. How much more can we expect on Wednesday? Well, I mean, he's talking, like I said to you, he talked there about John Egan and selling John Egan. And it basically says that sometimes players come to the end of their life scale and, and with John Egan even though he's a great player he said that you know um, you know, uh, the style of football that Sheffield United play it's great for Egan I mean we, we sort of kind of said well ironically you know we, we split to five at the back as well <laughs> eventually and he's just sort of chuckled but he just said look you know this is the way it goes we've, we've moved on and he's moved on and also you can't deny the fact that we are much more solid defensively. So if that's what our objective is, we've we've reached it. So whether or not it's with John Egan or it's with somebody else, it doesn't really matter. It's interesting as well, and like I said to you, just check it out, Pride of West London. It's on Wednesday. He talked about Sawyers and he and he talked about Sawyers very interestingly. I'm not gonna say any more, but we asked him basically, do we miss Romain Sawyers? And uh we asked him straight. Do we miss him? Because we're just saying that we were missing this passing element. You know, we're saying this is not knocking Jensen, not knocking Norgard, you know, not knocking the players that have come in. However, you know, this player's been there for a while. Um, but he made some very interesting comments about Sawyers uh, and also about um, people's opinion on Sawyers from within the club and from outside the club as well. So you should definitely check that out. So like I said to you, there's, there's quite a lot of uh, really interesting bits that, that, that Thomas talked about um, on that podcast. I can't wait coming out on Wednesday spoiler there it's a small spoiler let's say it was a beautifully put teaser by Billy there that second part is out on Wednesday talking about managers talking about players just fantastic I think think Thomas is doing a wonderful job by the way fantastic that he he said yes and he would be part of it you know it's vital he knows the community he knows the podcast he knows the fans he knows this club in what is a key let's say next 12 months 18 months the last season at Griffin Park going to that new stadium this year key for him to continue that work that togetherness and that work ethic isn't it Gary yeah no definitely as I said you know 
I mean, we, there, there was the comment, what other club, you know, what other club would that, would that happen? Mm. Um, definitely not. And it is one of the special things about Brentford, as, you know, as I was saying to, I remember when we won the, um, so when we got promoted to this division and, you know, there's a picture of me having a pint with Mark Warburton at the time. And like, <laughs> my friends were saying, hold on, what's going on? How is this happening? This, you know, you wouldn't, you know, so I can't imagine sort of like, you know, Alex Ferguson in the pub with the, you know, after Man United have won a cup or something. That's like that. right. And then all the players after that, because Morburton drank with us on the corner yeah. with, with their chair and everything like that. Then we went down the pub with all the players and we were playing darts with them in the Lord Nelson as well. So <laughs> yeah. that, you know, and that's, that's Brentford for you. And we want Brentford to stay like that. You know, um, I think it's very important that we actually stay like that because we are a small club. Um, but we've got a vibe. Yeah, they have got a vibe. It's a tremendous vibe. Brilliant that Thomas Frank was on. This is the Brentford Fan Show, but let's quickly turn our attention to England because besides its very own Billy, you are going on an adventure, my friend. I am, actually. <laughs> so that was said to you. So uh, I won't be on the show next week. Uh, I'm sure Laney will be doing a grand job with XG Dave as well because I'm going to be going to... Uh, well, I'm flying into uh, Serbia. I'm going to Belgrade. Um, on Friday I think it is after the England game Get the England game on Thursday night uh, on my birthday so it's going to be on my birthday on Thursday and then on Friday and my daughter's birthday as well so we're doing a little joint thing then we're going on Friday morning early to Belgrade a couple of days my brother-in-law sorted out all sorts of malarkey there because he's very linked in with the Red Star posse there so I'll be meeting a lot of the Red Star Belgrade people down there on Thursday uh, Friday and Saturday in there and then we're going to drive down to Kosovo which is going to be very interesting so I'm going to be Kosovo uh, for the England game so that's going to be an interesting adventure so just check it out the photographs and maybe a few little video clips. I cannot wait to hear about that 750 fans going Billy is one of them well we hope you have a good trip we hope England win and also we wish you a very happy birthday Billy but let, let's do the plugs as well just before we go that's right so Thomas Frank interview part two Wednesday prideofwest.london just check it out it's going to be really good uh, and the first one is already up there so you should check that out and also like I said to you if you can vote for us we really 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 grateful uh, besides the shortlist is for the Football Supporters Federation Award or Football Supporters Association Award because the name's changed now best fan media just go to besotted.com forward slash awards beautifully put well and the voting doesn't close until the 30th is that right? The it is. I mean, it closes on the 30th, but just vote now and then vote tomorrow and then just vote loads. Just every yeah, so like, Or we'll have multiple votes. Yeah, on a I, different computer. I didn't say that. I just said to you, <laughs> I mean, I said your, 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 child, your children and your mother and everybody just vote. As many as possible. Well, what a brilliant hour. This has been the Brentford Fan Show. We will see you next Monday at the same time, 8 till 9. But tonight, this has been Billy the B. Grant and Gary G. Paul for the Brentford Fan Show on Lost Sport Radio with the Besotted Podcast. You bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.